Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Did you know I've had my podcast for 15 years? Do you know that it is the most downloaded sports podcast of all time? Did you know I have guests from the sports world, from the culture world, people who work for The Ringer, people outside The Ringer, celebrities, experts, you name it. It's on my podcast three times a week, late Sunday night, late Tuesday night, late Thursday night, the Bill Simmons podcast. Check it out on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a berry delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. The Dave Chang Show, part of the Winger Podcast Network, presented by Major Dome Media. Thank you, Yola Tingo, as always. We've got a little bit of a herky-jerky podcast. Bill Simmons is going to come on board, and we're going to talk Top Gun again. Uh, a little bit of everything everywhere at once, which I believe is going to sweep the Oscars. And it's okay for me to say I like Top Gun. Is it okay to say I like Top Gun and not get ridiculed on fucking Discord? <laughs> <laughs> Plus a... Uh... A hot take from Bill Simmons, a hot food take that we'll we'll close out with. Um, I was thinking, I was talking to a couple chef friends. I think we're gonna. I, I want to encourage this to actually happen, and this is going to get ugly. Oh, good. It's happened occasionally here or there, but in 1983, Mr. Chow of Mr. Chow successfully sued for twenty thousand dollars. Nineteen eighty three, which is probably like you know, well, a couple million bucks. Yeah. I don't know. Gomio guy, the French sort of version or cooler version of the Michelin guy. Food for thought. Do you think that we should be encouraging chefs and restaurant owners to be suing Yelpers and or critics for giving unnecessarily negative reviews? Huh. Because how they won this was actually demonstrating the proficiency and, and, and uh, of execution and technical skills. And then they literally made it in court. Oh boy. I mean, it's, it's a very enticing idea. I don't have a simple answer for you. Should we be <laughs> trying to sue people who have a different opinion? Probably not. Should we be stemming the tide of unqualified disinformation? Yes. I'm not pro on this. It's just the discussion again. Should we? figure out how, you know what I mean? Like there needs to be something. It's not that that people don't when it's egregious, but the, just the idea of it, because I could imagine that it could happen. I mean, it happens in France way more than it does in America. 
And I, I have no, I, I, I currently don't. Have I wanted to in the past? Of course. Do you know? What I'm trying to simply say as a theoretical or just a conversation topic that we can think about when we revisit for people that are listening, is it something that we should be doing more of? In some some form or fashion, yes. I don't know about legal action, but I think in some form or fashion, we talk about this all the time. Should there be more direct conversation between that? Should the accuser and the accused have a chance? And this has less to, to do themselves? with the, the main critics, um, even though Soleil just stepped down as San Francisco Chronicle. More to do with now social media. You have good people like Keith Lee that are vigilant, like real Batmans. And then now maybe not. Yeah, you got the ding-dongs. Some people have huge reach that are ding-dong. I would love to have some way to stop the ding-dongs. <laughs> well, that's what I'm trying to say. The one way is, is actually, you know, this is like slander and mm. libel. And it can't just be protected because it's social media. Something to think about. This I like very much. We got to talk about this more. Yeah. But it, it just, it, it, 1983, New York Times uh, Federal District Court awarded $20,000 plus to Mr. Chow, the, the fantastic Mr. Chow. Uh, anyway, um, we have Bill. We were going to have Bill on again proper. Uh, he was just in the studio. Um, and then we have Tyler Huggins. He's the CEO, founder, uh, Renaissance man. He's done a lot of things. And we're talking about media, but we don't get there too much later in the mm -hmm. conversation. Um, but he's launching media, full transparency. I, I do a lot of stuff with them. That's why I'm not trying to talk about it. I want to talk about like almost like why I did it and why I believe in it. And it, and it's very, again, what drew me to it was the idea of sort of, again, Mar American pragmatism as a philosophy. These are similar topics that we've tried to tackle, uh, meat as a celebration um, in the steak episode, Ugly Delicious, and sort of the feature of meat in the, the Hulu Next Thing You Eat. Yeah, I think it's good to get, understand Tyler's motivation and his his philosophy on what he's doing before you get too deep into it but you should talk about what media is because i don't think we get into it with him yeah it's a um, uh, mushroom root so it's got as much i mean i, I don't even I know how to describe it it's, culinarily what are you looking at as a, a very satisfying chew it's a yeah it's 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 i look at it as sort of another way of me giving delicious protein or protein in general and there's a lot of things that are happening there um, but it's almost like I'm cooking. I think it's like cooking tofu. I know that the marketing team there will be like, no, what are you looking at? But uh, to me, I, I view it as, as like tofu and it, it can be as such. And more importantly, it's super clean. Mm -hmm. um, it's their mycelium, their mushroom root. And you can just make that with water and that's it. And have legitimate superfood. But they have flavors uh, that are more chicken or something that is more steak oriented. But um it absorbs yeah. flavor really well, having cooked a little bit with it. It's like you get a steak. It has really nice, I mean. I'm, I'm, I've been a pain in their fucking ass. I know. Working on something. I know. I know. Because I know you, I, I see the vision you have for it too, and I agree with you. But the way it, it currently is, as, you know, I took my first taste of it. Tyler Tyler cooks them, and I was, I, I had my hair blown back a little bit. I thought I thought it was an extremely efficient flavor absorber. More than tofu. If people don't like tofu because they don't feel like it sucks up the sauce or doesn't take on the flavor what you're cooking with it, this stuff definitely does. This is just another another pitch in my my arsenal. <laughs> yeah, that's the way I look at it. It's another yeah, pitch. Yeah. Um, I love tofu. You know, I really love fucking real meat. I'm just again trying to 
eat less of commercial. Right. We'll get into it with Tyler why that's important. Anyway, uh, let's get on to the show uh, and we'll figure out a time and place to talk a little bit more. We should do actually, this is what we're going to do. We should do a model debate on this, getting some people here and we should do a pro and con sort of like, even if you disagree with it, trying to take the, this is why it needs to happen stance. Okay. Debate right? club. Debate club. Ooh, did we just come up with the term debate club? Um, anyway, thanks guys. Uh, we have um, Tyler Huggins. I keep on thinking it's Tyler Higgins, T. Higgins of the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. He's coming in a little bit. He's the CEO founder. Of- <laughs> 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 and that voice you just heard is the podfather himself. Uh, my good friend, Bill Simmons and, and Chris Yang. And he's just here in the offices. And Sasha was like, hey, he's going to call you. I was like, who? I was, I was like, Bill. I was like, oh, shit. Well, I heard you were here. And I'm like, well, I'm here too. And yeah. you're my friend. And yeah. I'm going to come down and... And then now you need me for the opening. And I was like, what was going to be the opening? And you're like, I was just figuring out. It's a blank page. No, he's literally, no, he's I a have pages. page one article. I have pages. You're giving him some serious high school PTSD right now, though, Bill. You're like, that's your homework, Mr. Yeah. Chang? I see a blank page. Mr. Chang, where's your assignment? <laughs> so I, I wanted to ask Bill this to start off. Do you think Hillstones, Houston's, Honor Bar, whatever, and like every, they have a town, every rich town in America, they have... Uh, blank Palm Springs uh, Grill, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Or Los Gatos Grill, mm-hmm. or West Palm Beach Grill, right. Laguna Beach Grill, or Hamptons Grill, mm-hmm. East Hamptons Grill. Do you think that's the best restaurant group in the country? Best restaurants, best. most most loved. Do you like going there? I think I think you do like going there. Wait, wait why am I under attack? I'm not going under attack. He's not, he's not I, attacking. He's leading you, I, yeah. but he's not attacking you. I went to the one in uh, Pasadena for the first time. With uh, Alan Yang and uh, Christine Ko and Grace, and it was awesome. Yeah, it was really good. And I haven't been to one so in a long like, time. Are you familiar? Have you been? You know what you're describing is like the guaranteed B plus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, what's that restaurant going to be like? I don't know. And it's like, but there's this safety of the B plus. Something's going to make you happy there. Yeah, you'll find a dish you like. The service will be pleasant. Dinner for four was four hundred twenty-five dollars. It's not cheap. Yeah. At all. But I don't leave thinking, wow, what a ripoff. Every time I'm like, man, I really like this place. And it's the same feeling that everybody has. How deep do you go for 425? Well. Drinks, wine. Had some wine. Yeah, um, the drinks pump that up. Yeah, I'll go straight up. They did the martini move where we had martinis to start, and then we moved to the table, and then they brought cold martini glasses to, to refresh. Yeah. I've never even seen that move at, even at like three Michelin star restaurants. Like that is amazing. My favorite thing about going to dinner with Chang is he gets upset if the chef recognizes him because <laughs> it's going to be like, oh my God, we're going to get so much free food. And then so, yeah. oh Jesus. But he also gets upset, upset if the chef doesn't recognize him. Either way, you're upset. Absolutely. What is it like to just be upset walking to a restaurant, <laughs> no matter what the scenario is? I mean, I wonder what it's like that everybody thinks about me. When they think about me, the first thing is, oh, you he's mad. He's mad. You mutter out loud. I don't think I mutter You're out loud. I'm a mutterer when you walk into a restaurant. So I'm Costanza in a restaurant. You're Costanza. Yeah, big time Costanza. Well, that's the, he's the best character of all time. So it's <laughs> a compliment. <laughs> the least lovable best character of all time. The chef didn't recognize me. So but, <laughs> I don't say that. <laughs> Shane's, Shane's trying to drive you in this direction of 
yeah. is the best restaurant the one that can bring the most people an 85% joy level? Well, that's the business version of the best restaurant. The best that's restaurant right. is still the, there's only one place like this. It's in one city. You can't get it anywhere. The person behind the kitchen has been there for 15 years and has yeah. devoted their life to making this place great. Those are my favorites. Those are the ones we have to. Remember. We haven't gone to Musso and Frank's together. We have to do that. That's a good one. It's, it's, I went there recently, uh, hadn't been since pre-pandemic. I think it's the best restaurant in Los Angeles. If you want the whole everything experience. Mm. We had this place when I was going to high school in Connecticut. There's this place in Stanford that um, it was just the family that had had it for 30 years. And I forget what it was called. It was called like the open door. And it was just like they made the meatballs themselves. And they had like the special Caesar salad recipe. And, you know, it was just like mm-hmm. one of those places. And mm-hmm. it was, there's no other place like this. Speaking those of, are always my favorites. Speaking of what meatballs. What was that place on, on Beverly that we loved that shut down during the pandemic? Well, which one? Which one? The, the, you know, the place on Beverly. Oh, that, Spoon, Spoon My H? No. Yeah, yeah Spoon My H. And had the people in the back, and it was like, do they live here? And, and, <laughs> but, but, and it was like their whole life was tied right. into just making food for us. Right. They don't even admit to being Those a restaurant. Those are my favorites. Yeah. You know what was a, a really great restaurant, and I didn't want to talk about it because I want to save it uh, for myself, was when Hubbard took house you and me to Capo in Santa yeah. Monica. That was like what is Capo? I don't know Capo. It's a like high-end Santa Monica Super place. Super fucking like expensive. Wanted this, like, you walk in and you're like, all right, there's some red flags here. <laughs> I want to not be impressed. I want to zag against this. And then they just kind of win you over. Yeah. The food was really good. And then I've talked to some of my uh, friends that live on the west side that are real gourmands. True gourmands. Global gourmands. Mm-hmm. And it's the, one of their go-to regulars. And I was shocked. It's upsettingly expensive. It was yeah. so expensive. The like, cheapest like entree is $98. Yeah. What? Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, like a caprese salad is something like mid-40s. You can look it up online. It's extremely what? expensive. It's really outrageous. Like, it's almost like, you know, the food's going to be good if they're charging this much but, for it expensive. You know, once I, after dinner, and then I asked her around, and I was like, yeah. Uh, it's the kind of restaurant you only go to unless someone else was paying type of restaurant. Mm. And they said it's got one of the best wine lists in, in L.A., all of these things. And it was a wine great meal. was great. How Delicious you, meal. How do you find these restaurants? Like the one that you grew up with, Bill. That was just your family knew about Yeah, it. that's like a word of mouth thing. Like Spoon by H, I would have known except for Chang. Spoon by H was There's word of million, mouth too. Absolutely. million restaurants. See, I, so I'm new to L.A. And I was trying to find my na- – I'm trying to find my neighborhood local. And you can't yeah. – you cannot identify these restaurants – by what the, the internet The neighborhood says, local, though, says. in L.A. are locals where you can't get in. You know what I mean? That's you what have, I think the L.A. local is. to get in. Yeah. But what I'm saying is these restaurants cannot be identified by what they look like online. Only somebody tells Honestly, you. Honestly, if I read a, a Yelp review or if I just sort of pass Capo, I'd be like, fuck this yeah, place. Right? I'm you'd, never you'd going. See that, I'd like, like, never go there in a million place. fucking years. I would never go there. But it was really goddamn good. You buy into the Dantana site? I love Dantana. Yeah, yeah. That's another one that's just like it's... I also like when restaurants have the history. I'm I'm not against the pictures on the wall. No. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. The the effect of Dantana is with Chianti bottles hanging from the ceiling and just pictures all over the place. People would pay a lot of money to try to affect that look, but you can't just Musso and Frank says it too, where it feels yeah. like the waiters have worked there for 52 no. years. They have, Literally, you, know. you have a star for yeah. every year on your sleeve that you've been there, but you can't get a jacket with stars on your sleeve until you've been there 15 years. Oh, it's like the helmet stickers. You got to... Yeah. It's amazing. I, I I can't 
speak more highly Chang's of that restaurant. restaurant would have stars for every time Chang said to them, why are you still here? It's been nine years. <laughs> Start your own restaurant. I got another star. Now, is there an element of contrarianism to this? You've been celebrating Musso and Franks and uh, oh, I like where you're going. Like, it's like a zag almost. Are you being a little bit of a zag here? Because are, are you just trying no, to piss off no, the people you not, know you're going to piss off? It's not. And this is a good thing that Bill is here. I am a populist. I like things that are popular. I also like things that are contrarian. Those things can overlap in meaningful ways. Being populist today is not cool in a lot of different ways. By the way, it hasn't been cool for a long time. Long time. Mm-hmm. It's and, like the more popular you are, that means that it's not actually good because there's something wrong with this because why did so many people like you? Yeah. But people don't, I don't know anything about black pink, you know, but people are like, oh, it's fucking good. I don't, my, if I was a younger me, I'd be like, fuck them. Right. You know? So when did you become, so that's my thing. When did you become a populist, do you think? Uh, I grew up a little bit, but I've always been popular. You I've always wanted to make guy. food. I've always wanted to make food that, that was popular. Wants. Sure. DC punk scene probably affected him a little bit. <laughs> Fugazi is better than Nirvana. <laughs> I went to the 830 club, not the 930 no. club. Yeah. Right. No. But, like music's interesting that you bring that up though, Bill, because I think that the thing we all grew up with, pop is not cool. It's not cool to be into mainstream anything. That doesn't exist anymore. Like, like that Springsteen is, selling out with the Born in the USA. Meanwhile, it was like by far the biggest album he ever had. Yeah. That shit's gone. All of the, well, that was like Pro Jam's third album when it, when, um, you know, and it's like spin the black circle and Eddie, Eddie Vedder's like, we didn't never want to be this popular. How do we get rid mm-hmm. of some of these fans? Also yeah. gone is the Obama podcast with Springsteen. <laughs> yeah. It's too soon? Too, too soon? <laughs> Not soon enough for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, because for those that are listening and if you don't listen to Bill's podcast, it's awesome. Yes, there's a lot of sports. My favorite thing that Bill does is talk about culture. Yeah, you never invite me on your podcast to talk <laughs> about is, these I things. I know, I feel... He literally I was, had to just walk in the door. I yeah. to like invite myself. I know. I, 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 I want to wait for Bill. When our studio's done, we're going to have Bill in proper, all of these things. But, you know, I don't want to waste Bill's time. But when uh, he's talking about culture or movies, I like it quite a bit. I, I don't know why it speaks to me. It resonates with me, especially when he has Thanks, two-time Pulitzer winning author, Wesley Morris on. And like his love of Top Gun is similar to my love of yeah. Top Gun. I also a populist right. movie. I see where we're going. And Just I say I like it. Incredibly well done movie that everyone loved. Why can't it win the Oscar? And you know what? I texted Bill. I, I said, I think I'm, a, I'm too shy to say that um, I don't think that everything everywhere at once should win. For me, I would like Top Gun to win. And I said, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble if I say it out loud, which I just did. I sort of mentioned the last time we spoke about it. Mm-hmm. It's a great movie. But people even the, on uh, Discord are like, fuck you, you motherfucker. What were the call signs of the Asian pilots of that movie again? Yale and Harvard. <laughs> well, it's true. Just wondering. There's a lot of Asians that just go to wondering. Yale and Harvard. No, I feel you. I feel, <laughs> Top Gun Mavericks. I never even noticed amazing. that. Yeah. Top Gun Maverick it's is so bad. good. Yale and Harvard? Yeah. yeah. They're in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Happened. Yeah. yeah. Didn't well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's rough. They didn't even get like retconned. They are there in the background. Yeah. So everything everywhere all at once seems like a generational thing to me because the, I think the under 35s fucking loved it. See, and I people our age are kind of like, eh, it was interesting, but I like I didn't totally get it. I'll fully admit it, but I'm not one of those moving into different worlds people. So anytime that starts happening, mm-hmm. I, I, like, I didn't even, what was the cruise, the movie he made with uh, Emily Blunt? 
Day oh, after I love that. I love that. Yeah. That's a really good movie, right? It's a great movie. I've I seen that so many times. We haven't dated in the Rochables yet. I think it's really good. Mm-hmm. Or if we did it, I wasn't on it. Um, but it, it's literally it, the definition of a yeah. rewatchable one, one, movie. One I've universe is enough for Bill. One universe. I like this universe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good with this one Yeah, universe. I like stories about the universe <laughs> I'm in. I don't need to know about, even I'm watching Last of Us and it's set in Boston, right? Like they go to Boston and I'm thinking like, Man, they're missing somebody. I'd love to have like a what does Fenway Park look like right now? <laughs> like they just won't give it to me. It's just I know was that amazing just... show that did that, like the after after people or something, where it's just cities and the world, what it looks like. What's nature taking about? over? I no, am Legend. I am Legend did it right with New York. Will Smith's walking through Times is Square. That, is that here's a hot take? Is that his best movie he's ever made? I am, I am Legend? Legend. Yeah, the movie that you can watch. The most. I Am Legend is his best movie. It it's pretty, also an it incredible, we just did it for rewatchables. This is an incredible, after COVID happened, watching it and being like, oh, mm. this is like a whole different movie now. Mm. Yeah. It's pretty good in Independence Day. I don't know. It's pretty good. I think it's I So you, you, uh, you're outing yourself as a, I think Top Gun should win the Oscar. Well, guy. I already have and I got a lot of heat for it and I can now see Yahoo Finance talking about how <laughs> I hate that and <laughs> yeah, Costco <Yahoo> chicken. <laughs> What's the nature? It of doesn't the, mean I hate Asian people. I'm rooting for them. It's going to be awesome. But is it okay for me to root for a movie that spoke to me more? And that's the problem we're so in. So you're we're, saying you're, you're basically, can you just like what you like yes. without bringing in all this other that's baggage? It. That's Your it. responsibility is that's it. I like in the world. I bought fucking everything at once. I've seen it like a handful of times already. I haven't seen it the 50 times I've seen Top Gun. <laughs> you know, every time I'm on Delta Airlines, I watch that fucking thing for sure. When it's he great. goes to see Val Kilmer, it's, it's like great. I think maybe the greatest five minutes yeah, of my don't life. Don't even talk about it. It's too much. It's too, it's too much for me. Let it go. No, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. So I that, get so teary. I just thinking about it. So speaking of restaurants, spin. that's where I'm like. You know, sometimes it's okay to be Top Gun. It's okay to be Top Gun. It's, it's okay, okay to be fucking awesome and make money and have good food. Oh, it's can, totally okay. Can, can I say something that happened recently? My son had McDonald's three day, three meals in a row, three fucking meals in a row. I couldn't believe it. Right? He had it for breakfast. I bought breakfast for him because don't ask. And then he went to his friends and they got him McDonald's. And then the next day for lunch, he had McDonald's. And I was like, I tasted McDonald's and I had a McDonald's in a long time. And I had a Fucking quarter pounder. It's good. It was so good. This is some zagging. You know what else is good? Chipotle. I can't. There I can't. <laughs> it's good. There I can't go. It's no. good. No, I can't. That I can't. That I can't go. I can't go. Sometimes, so why sometimes did... food just needs to be like the lefty that comes in the sixth inning and has to get out of batter. When did, pop, when did, when did being well-liked, you know, become such a bad thing? Is it okay? Uh, Answer to this. This is coming from... Uh, you know the former editor of McSweeney's, where they tried to sell seven books. Oh my god! Talk <laughs> about talk about zagging. Yeah. Fucking McSweeney's. <laughs> Don't like us. <laughs> we just we all we knew how to do a zag. Yeah. All I'm saying is, I agree. Top Gun Maverick, amazing. Going to Houston's Hillstones for a meal that's going to make you happy, amazing. Uh, we ate too much McDonald's with the kids. I'm over McDonald's right now. When you're saying, why can't I? Domino's is great. You're not, it's not like you're you know who loves Domino's as much as it, Bill. Yeah. It's not like you're cheering Me. for the underdog here. They, they, they are, that Top Gun Maverick is not making money, 
Top Gun Maverick needs our support. Like I, that's that's where it I'm, does need my support. Why does Top Gun Maverick need your support? Top Gun Maverick made a billion dollars. It was the most important movie that came out. I last agree. Year, and okay, it should so win this the is the Oscar. question: it when you're, Should it? Is it the best picture of 2022? I think it's the best done picture of the year. It's an okay, unbelievable. I also think like because there's so many remakes, the art of actually remaking somebody or something in an awesome way. Is it's a higher degree of difficulty of that than just starting a movie fresh. That's why I, I, I was I was appreciated Cobra Kai. Like, I do. I like Cobra Kai. Work? But Cobra Kai is fresh with the with the people. I'm not in saying New Cobra Kai should win the Emmy. It's no Top Gun. I mean. But again, going to Hillstones, what they do is extremely difficult to do. It, nothing they do is easy. What do you want to see more? Do you want to see them get more recognition? More people go to that restaurant. Not be ashamed that you had a good. Yeah, not be ashamed enjoyed your you meal. Yeah. You liked it. yeah, I hear you. I don't understand it anymore. Mm-hmm. And and I, I we were talking about this a couple pods ago, where if I go to a restaurant, regardless of the price point or the food that they're making, if I go in completely open to the experience and I leave being like, that was fucking awesome. Who gives a shit how much I paid? I could have paid two bucks, 2,000 bucks. Yeah. Whatever. Now we're going to get in trouble for saying 2,000 yeah. bucks. But... <laughs> If I leave saying like that was fucking good, the that enjoyment. In your head, Chang. It's, I know. Jesus I know. It's crazy. Log off. I, <laughs> you can't. You can't. It, why is that? Isn't that feeling of like exuberance and like that was delicious? I fucking love it. Isn't that? Shouldn't that be the benchmark? Break me off a piece of the criticism you think you would hear from somebody who disagrees with you. Ew, you like Hillstones? Yeah, you're not supporting small, coming small yeah. restaurant. Mm. Restaurants or like or everybody or likes that. I'm like. Yeah, well, cool. yeah, you know, yeah, that's not cool. I always felt like when I was writing my column, I wanted to have the biggest column that was at a high level, but also reach the most people and appeal to the most people. That's what I wanted. I think that's okay. You're to such want a sellout, Bill. <laughs> I mean, what you described was, was very difficult, and you achieved it. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I think that's really what I wanted. Yeah, I have. I, I know I have to go soon on my unscheduled appearance. I have a food thing for you. Yeah. It's kind of a food hottest take. I don't even know if it's that hot. I'm so excited. I like German food. That's let's start there. I do too. I really like German, German food. Food's postmates. Good. And it's like you look at the oh, thing. He was telling me about this place. Yeah. You, German I'm gonna tell you about this well. place. Oh. So it's like you go and it's like the, they have the little the little icons, right? Mm. Italian, pizza, breakfast, you know, uh, Tacos burgers, and, and it's got right. burgers and it's got all these the ice cream. It's got twenty icons, and when even when you think like you you're talking to your family or whoever, what do you want to get today? Should we get Italian? No, we had Italian two days ago. Want to get Thai? Eh, I don't like the Thai place. Pizza and you go through all the things. Nobody ever is like, what about some German? <laughs> because there's probably we don't need to unpack all the baggage with that, but. Nobody would ever say it. And if somebody said it, you'd, you'd kind of like be jolted. <laughs> you would truly look at them like they were a like, psychopath. We're going to get some German? What? And yet, so there's this place in LA called Worst House, which ordered from, which uh, was delicious. Pronounced Worst House. Worst House. <laughs> went, there, went there on Sunday night. Fucking schnitzel's great. Mm. Sauerkraut's great. The weird German Brussels sprouts are great. The little potato pancakes. Mm. They have all kinds of sausages. They had a chicken cordon bleu schnitzel. Mm. They had a pretzel schnitzel. Schnitzel. I can't even say schnitzel. Pretzel breaded schnitzel. They have like bread puddings and strudel. And it's like German. Like what did the Germans do wrong from a no, food No, they didn't do anything wrong they though. They should be Here, considered one of the grades. Here's why. And this is going to give me a fucking shit ton of trouble too. But that's it. 
There's no diversity. Yeah, <laughs> you just talked about all the German food right. that I, I know. I, I, how, how many nights in a week could you have German food? No, I like once a, every two months. <laughs> but each time, fantastic. I know. And Ben and I just had it twice in two weeks. And guess what? I'd have schnitzel tomorrow night. German food, you're right. Nobody ever brings it up. But it's you would maybe get looked at weird if you brought it up as an option. But every time you think about it, every time you remind yourself to have German food, you are like, oh, shit. What a good idea. The <laughs> only drawback is like my daughter's was like, yeah, it's not that healthy. It's like, okay. We're so, still getting it. It's very, it's very, very <laughs> By the way, they figured healthy. out how to work applesauce. Oh, and everything. Into every little and thing. also they, just weird berries. sauces. Yeah. Um, depending. You get different sauces if you're using veal for schnitzel. We're going to Verst House. I'm done. I'm, I'm in. It. Let me ask though. I spent time in Austria. Mm. If I say Austrian food is like German food, is that saying like Canada is like the U.S. What is Austrian food? It's like German food, I think. It's all the same stuff. Yeah, all the same shit. Oh, how about, I forgot to mention pretzels. Yeah, delicious. There's a $7 pretzel on the Wursthaus House menu. Wursthaus, House, whatever it is. Bavarian pretzel <laughs> with like weird mustards. That's another thing with the Germans. I love, Multiple man. mustards. It's so, like, do you want the spicy mustard or the mm-hmm. super spicy? So one of the best plates of food I've ever had was in Austria in some mountain town. This is like five, six years ago. The only thing they did was take all kinds of sausages, cook yeah. them on a grill, chop them up on a, on a wooden board, and put toothpicks in with a side of mustard. It was one of the best so things. Good. It was so good. Mm-hmm. I was like, that takes a lot of balls. Just like, we're not even serving you anything else. This is it. We believe in our sausage. The chopped up sausages or hot dogs with the toothpicks dipped in a mustard Oof. is the most underrated party. Only, only time I like mustard. Yeah. With sausage. Yeah. Well. Is he? Is is our guest here? Our, our guest is here. It's time for me to go. Yes, thank you, I Bill. Wasn't even supposed to be here. I think. I, know. I think we're going to get Bill proper. We still haven't. We, can Bill you got tell a little me what the feedback is? Guy who never logs off on on German food. <laughs> Like, is this like is this a hot take or is no, it I'm just willing good? to go to the mat with you, for you on the on on German? I think food. your take is fine. My take saying that it's Austrian food is German food is the one that's going to get. Well, people I had to mad. Google what Austrian food. I don't know what Austrian is. Yeah, that like a New Zealand Australian. You know, yeah, good. I think so. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. French French German Alsatian food is good. That's good. Yeah, you get a little bit of mix. Von 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 John George Von yeah. Richten. John George Von Rick. I work for the guy. I still can't yeah. pronounce his last name. Schnitzel, um, we're gonna sauerkraut, Bill on. Mustard. We're gonna get Bill on uh, the studio. Even yeah. if we're gonna have him two times. Once the studio's done, and one as a dry run. And I'm letting schnitzel? him know right now. Schnitzel? I'm letting him know right now. You know, I've been saying I'm not making fucking actual facsimiles of people's upbringing. I'm making all of his mom's shit, and oh. I'm making sure his mom comes with him too. I'm gonna. I am gonna channel my fucking Nona like no one is. I'm gonna. Go into a dark cave like Aaron, Aaron Rogers <laughs> and channel my fucking Nona, yeah. and I'm going to out Italian Bill's mom. There is there going to be a lot of wine for her because that's how she rolls. <laughs> I'm so excited for this one. But we're go- we're going deep. I can't wait. Lots of wine, and uh, I want to get criticized by Bill's mom, who's a wonderful lady. I love her. I've been criticized by Bill's mom my whole life, and it's not great. That's a lifelong. Thanks, Bill. That criticism. 
This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. It just dawned on me that Tyler Huggins looks exactly like my friend Tyler Gamble, who is also from Colorado now. No, he lives in, I think, uh, somewhere in uh, like a Dutch city, but his family lives mm. in Boulder. He's like a, he must be a, he's a real cool dude. He's a good dude. The other Montana guy we know, Ira, he's got a real Ira vibe too, I feel like. Hmm. So you know some people from Montana, just not Nebraska. No, no, Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Tyler is the founder of Meaty. He's also a PhD in environmental engineering. What is that? Uh, it's basically how do you use microbes to solve big problems? Clean water, uh, drinking water, wastewater, that sort of thing. Can I ask you something? Does everybody who gets a PhD in environmental engineering trying to do something good with that? Or are there people who are like, I'm going to use this information, this education for evil? No, you don't. You don't go down this path to make to make money. That's for sure, or okay. do evil things. We're not not yet <laughs> to do evil things, right? You can still become environmental engineer, Chris. Yeah, I'm just. I was thinking about it. There's there's a there's a niche in there for people who can go study this to to use it for the wrong purposes. So you're a doctor. Yeah, I just not medical doctor. But how do you make that distinction between medical doctor and doctor because they're both doctorates? but doctors want to be called doctor. So you are technically a doctor. Yeah, technically, yeah. When someone could, on the plane... I could put the, the, the R in front of my name for sure. But that'd I think be amazing. it's kind of silly unless you're a medical. I, I don't think so. I, I think the distinction is when somebody on a plane or in a public place says, is there a doctor in the house? Tyler does not raise his hand for this. No, I do not. Well, again, even if I was a medical doctor and I spent 20 years in the ER, I would not raise my hand. <laughs> <laughs> we need your help. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> the only time I use it is when someone like uh, just like disrespects me, and I'm like, "That's doctor talking oh. to you." Have you, are you kidding or have you done that? Oh, I have. Yeah, come doctor. on. Yeah, that's eight years. Eight years of school. That's a oh, lot, is that yeah. just post grad eight years? So twelve years total, right? No, it was like masters was like. Three or four years, another like three or four years for the PhD. Yeah. Wait, were you, was I forget, was this all at in Boulder? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you didn't have different college town experiences? Uh, I went undergraduate in Missoula, Montana, 
and then Missoula's an awesome college town. It's a great college town. Which great one's a, college. Which town, one's yeah. a better college town? Boulder, Missoula. They're, I mean, they're very similar. Hmm. Missoula's like maybe what Boulder used to be thirty M- years ago. Missoula's still cool. Were these yeah. on the, our list of best college towns? Missoula or Boulder? Missoula, maybe Boulder. What do these towns have to offer? What, what makes them a good college town? I mean, for me, it's access to the mountains and you know rivers, skiing. That's what I think. We uh, we filmed some terrible TV yesterday. <laughs> I think it was good TV. I, I I had a rough week trying to come up with anything delicious. I, I knocked it out of the park with our good friend Brian Ford in terms of the menu, and I I I got my like my actual average GPA score. I got a C plus. I give myself a C plus, um, passing, but not really good. You took a you took more of a shotgun approach with Tyler yesterday. It was let me throw as many things that as I can that I think you might like and see what sticks. But the one thing we did learn is that Tyler is an avid hunter. And when I say hunter, he's not going to a place where they just throw corn on the ground and they just try to like, you know, come here dumb dumb and then shoot shoot the animal. And you bop him You know, I've I've done that. <laughs> um he's doing real hunting. And it was very clear that he doesn't want me to come with him. He's well, like, you can go fishing. We can go fishing. We can hang out. We can do a lot of things. But when I go on my two-week treks and I am, you know, stealth ninja mode, you know, he was very, very diplomatic in trying to basically say, you're not. you yeah. really well. Yesterday, Tyler, you were describing some of these. What, what, is the, what does a hunter distinguish between the sort of trek hunts versus sort of the drive up and shoot hunts? Is there like a name for these two types of things? Um, I don't know if there's a name for it. Uh, Real versus <laughs> rubber stocking, maybe is like okay. the term when you use when you drive around. Which, but you were you describing know. your your kind of two week sojourn into the into the woods, very difficult to access. You you shoot an elk and then you got to pack it out a hundred pounds at a time. Yep. And Dave said, I, w- "I would love to do that. I would love to do that with you, Tyler." <laughs> and your response: Walk that shit way back. Beautiful, beautiful politicking here was. We should totally go fishing sometime. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just don't want to. Life flight is not cheap. That's where they have to come in and save you from the from the woods. Yeah. Have you ever had to use that? No. Of course. I'm not. just going to get his coordinates next time he goes, and I'm going to do it myself. <laughs> you chopper in, and I'm going to, I'm going to uh, cherry pick his animal that he's stalking. <laughs> do you know how to shoot a bow? Yes. You do. I do. Nice. But I will, I'll, be, I'll be using uh, a sniper rifle. <laughs> I'll be shooting it from very far away. When you when you take down a what's the, what's the size of an elk generally? How much meat are you actually harvesting? It's like four hundred pounds. How long will that last? Does that all go to you and your family into the freezer? Yeah. How long will that last you? A good year. Yeah. And just like what what do you eat? What <laughs> when you've done this? What is the cut that's the last one you eat? Is it something you're saving or is it the last thing you wanted to eat from the animal? Well, the first thing is a tenderloin mm-hmm. right away that day, unfrozen. That's how you celebrate. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I mean, yeah, you try to you try to stretch out the steaks and the roast. A lot uh, of ground meat, right? A lot of ground. Yeah, a lot of burger. I mean, that's the problem. Yeah. Just produces so much ground meat. Ground meat, after a while, gets it feels like hell. Yeah, you're starting to think hard. Like, what do I need to do with this? How do I? How many chilies can you really make? You can't, and you're just like, you know, I'm sure you just salt and peppered Montreal's Ugh. Montreal seasoning. 
<laughs> we actually didn't get into this yesterday <laughs> as we were talking. You just brought up chili. We did make an assumption as we were trying to menu plan for you that you did chili. Part of one of the problems uh, yesterday was we were very presumptuous, <laughs> presumptuous in your uh, global food intake. I'm not going to say racist. But I mean, we were sorry. right on the border. We're on the border. <laughs> we were towing the fucking line in assuming that uh, you didn't know anything. But it turned out. You're like, this guy eats a lot of burgers, a lot of chili. Yeah, he's from Nebraska. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how, why I said Nebraska, <laughs> but he's from the, you know, he's from That's places, accent. he's from places that we typecast. Mm-hmm. We just learned it from being on the other end of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure the tables were turned. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the reasons why the food turned out so bad. We didn't get into this though, or maybe we dodged the question. Where are you on chili as a food category? When I make it, it's fucking really good. Well, Tyler challenges you to a chili cook-off. Yeah. I can do beans. I can do no beans. Don't matter. Steak. Sure. Burger. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Meaty. It doesn't matter what is in it. It's just that Dave made it. Yeah. Makes it good. Yeah. But it's I not mean, very spicy. You put if it's a competition, then 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 it's on. I don't know if you can do spicy though. I haven't seen it yet. Well, you're probably right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Uh, I had this. I had this thought. Was thinking about our conversation yesterday. This fucking guy cooks it in a, a crock pot, <laughs> a slow cooker. He's got a wall of slow cookers. Absolutely. Do you have more than one slow cooker? Yes, you do. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, yeah. Football parties. Do you own a rice cooker? No. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Pressure cooker. No. Do you own an Instapot? Instapot. Yeah. I don't use it very often, though. I don't yeah, know. Well, yeah, yeah well. Just, yeah, yeah, listen, it explains a lot. <laughs> Why there's so much chili coming out of your house. Um, I was thinking about this a little bit. We were talking because, Tyler, one of the things you're doing, or the main thing you're doing with Meaty, you know, you're trying to add to the options available to people when it comes to meats, right? And your, your, your product is an animal-free mushroom root meat product. Yep. And we were talking about how much <laughs> how much of each kind of meat is consumed in America, beef, pork, chicken, all those things. <laughs> I had this thought, Chang. I went to I went to the basketball game last night. And uh which one? The Lakers Thunder game in which LeBron James set the all-time scoring record. Just that why, why is it that wow. you didn't tell anybody yesterday? Tyler and I were with you all day yesterday. Didn't and we didn't know. You know why? No you know why? He didn't want to be in that awkward position of, oh, yeah, I can't give you a ticket. So he thought he was being a better person, a morally upright, responsible person by not even talking about it. And I think that was the worst decision you could make. I didn't get the invite until after I left your presence. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I would have invited you guys. That is a crock of shit. I felt guilty. Sasha, (laughs) Sasha, who do you believe here? We spent like seven, seven hours with him yesterday. And he was like, oh, I'm so full. I'm so tired. (laughs) <laughs> I can't wait to go home. I'm so tired. I, uh, God, yeah, I can't wait to go home. I think he got the text while he was with you guys. No, this fucking guy knew. But he wanted to fake out. The at day the before he was like, oh, I'm so tired. You I know why? Know you know why? Here's this. why he's a lie. Somebody that gets the tickets to what all for the past 10 days people knew that this was the game. They're not just letting you know the day of. Oh, Guess what? I got tickets to where the game where LeBron James is going to break the scoring record. 
I can't find it. I want to go. <laughs> I know it sounds unbelievable. Yeah. I got receipts. 424. I got a text message about tickets. I left your presence before that. He did kind of like rush out really fast. Oh my God. I didn't rush out. This is, this is he didn't even say goodbye, I don't think. Excuse me, sir. I said goodbye. The textbook sociopath. Here was here was where I was trying to go with this. At this game, there were uh, chicken pot stickers was a, a food item available to me, and I think that chick, chicken anything is a red flag. I feel like chicken any any food that was made originally with pork or seafood or another meat that has been converted to a chicken version is a is a concession and is a is a huge red flag. I agree when. Uh... If you go get a uh, like an andouille sausage that's now chicken, a chicken andouille, right? Or right chicken pepperoni. You got you got to get rid of this right off the bat, right? Or poultry and your own turkey bacon. Get the fuck out. Because I think it's a half step. Because they're not even really doing anything for you. They're just sort of half stepping toward whatever healthiness or whatever. I don't I don't even know what chicken is supposed to signify. But but you ordered it. I mean, it was sitting there. I ate one. <laughs> I wasn't. And you liked it. it. No, it was gross. I think, uh, uh, by the way, I was just looking at a, a note that I had last week about what I wanted to make for this guy. Mm-hmm. Remember, I wrote down Gorp pie. Were you? His eyes lit up when you <laughs> said Gorp. Yeah, Gorp pie. You Guess what? Know. If you Google Gorp pie, doesn't exist. Doesn't the, not one search. That's like the slippery noodle stuff, right? No, no. What? Gorp. Huh. Don't act like you don't know what Gorp is. Gorp. No. I don't know what Gorp is. Good old what raisins and peanuts. It's, that's what people Trail in your mix? city eat all the time. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that's how much we were typecasting. You mean, yeah. We thought yeah. you were a Gorp guy. We thought you were a Gorp dude. You're like, he likes to hike. Yeah. He's little, yeah. But yet I don't even know what Gorp is. Yeah. I know what trail mix is. Oh, something I wanted to ask yesterday, completely, we're just completely off topic because we just, assume, not assume, just say you lied to our faces and you snuck out of there. That's okay. Moving forward. <laughs> Oh, that was about me? Yeah. I, did, I didn't, but go ahead. I did. We'll go, go back to the chicken. Go ahead. Hold on. Is it true? Having lived in Jackson Hole, right? For the first, the people that live there for the first year or two, usually their jobs are working on the mountain. That's how they get a pass. If you've been there and you're a real local now, say over three year plus, nobody that's a real local buys passes to the mountain. Is that true or not true? Do they buy passes? Well, season pass? I don't know. Do you? Do I buy a season pass? Yeah. No. Because you hike. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Split board. Yeah. Well, that's what I wanted to ask is if you're a real local, you don't buy a season pass because you're just, if you're staying in a Rocky Mountain town, you're living there because of the activities and you want to push yourself and you want to go down a mountain slope that no one's gone and you have to get up super early because, you know, blah, blah, blah. Is that true? Yeah, you don't want to sit in line with a bunch of tourists and Yahoo. You'd really have one sweet run and be done with it. Exactly. And what you just said is splitboard. That's where you, you're a snowboarder or a skier? I can do both. Yeah. But that's where you like break your board into two pieces and use them as snowshoes, hike hike up a mountain. Yeah. And then clip them back together and then. (laughs) Yeah, you put skins on it so you can go uphill. Okay. And then you put it back together, take the skins off, put it back together, and okay. go down. Yeah, that sounds like the hardest thing that a human can engage in. Yeah, it's very difficult. I'm not inviting you guys, that's for sure. <laughs> it's difficult to that. I'm not even asked. Yeah, altitude. <laughs> it's very difficult. Yeah. Uh, so I just want everyone to know the kind of uh, athlete that Tyler is. Mm-hmm. 
A real one. A real local. A real out outdoorsman. You're an outdoorsman? I mean, not self People that are outdoorsmen, you know, I don't think say they're outdoorsmen. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't introduce myself that way now. No. <laughs> I am Dr. Tyler. <laughs> Dr. Outdoorsman. <laughs> anyway, going back to your chicken alternative thing. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to a chicken nugget, yeah. it doesn't matter what the fuck's in there. Oh, yeah. Absolutely not. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You mean if it's listed as something else, it doesn't matter? No, but things where you know that it's processed to a level. Right. Okay. Okay. So if I, if my wife comes home with a bag of nuggets shaped things, I see a picture that's a, of nuggets. That's a square. That's a, that's a rectangle with a, you a know. breaded, a breaded rectangle of some sort. Triangle. I don't even look at what the title is. I just know that it's going to be fine. Yeah. It's a chicken nugget, whether or not it has chicken in it. You're not eating it thinking that, hmm, I can't wait to taste that juicy, juicy chicken. No, you just are trying to get the that holistic goodness I'm in looking, and of itself. I'm looking for of the, sauce and crunch and fat and texture. Yeah, you don't give all. a shit what it is. Don't care at all. Don't, I could not care less. It happens to me all the time. I have no idea what's in a nugget. You don't care where it's where the chicken came from, how it was raised, <laughs> what might be in there. Uh, I'll be honest. When it comes to my nuggets, no. When it comes to processed chicken, I, I, I turn off any part of my brain that cares about anything. For better or worse, right? Because, yes, it means I've eaten a lot of Tyson chicken nuggets in my day. A lot of terribly treated chickens. But it also means my eyes are wide open to whatever else you want to put in there. (laughs) You can put anything in there. Which is why I think that a lot of sales for uh, meat alternative nuggets are working so well. Because no one cares. Well, kids do. My kids don't. Hugo doesn't fucking care. Yeah. At all. Because it just tastes good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's crispy. That's right? it. Fried. And then they're going to dunk it in ketchup. And the sauce. Whatever, or sauce. It's going to taste like sauce. And I, again, as a comp, I think whether it's oat milk, almond milk, if you tasted that shit 30 plus years ago, I mean, Asian people have been drinking soy milk for a while, but the soy milk that Chinese, Korean people, Asian people have been drinking tastes distinctly different than the stuff you would get. Oh, yeah. It, like, very different. Mm-hmm. It's like two different sports. It's like football. One's football, one's fucking so- you know right. soccer. Totally different. But a lot of the dairy alternative products just taste fucking good. I don't give. It, I don't care. I don't give a fuck if it's oat milk. It tastes better in cereal, in my opinion, than mm. regular milk. Mm. Do you feel that way? I, we haven't done that much oat milk, but you like it. You, you're, you're I love oat cereal. milk. And I don't give a shit. Coffee. I, yeah, coffee. Yeah. I don't care if the oat milk is any of the brands. I'm just agnostic. Because you know why? It tastes good. Mm-hmm. So is that where we got, that's where we got to go for meats in general, right? So it's taken, say, honestly, about 30 years. You have every goddamn milk, uh, cashew, and you even have that company that is not milk, milk, bullshit. But regardless, as a whole genre, it's gotten a lot better. And I think initially people poo-pooed that whole idea when you would get go to a Starbucks and I'd like it with soy. There were a lot of jokes about that. Nobody jokes about it anymore because it just tastes good. And it's gotten better. And to the point where you don't really care. Mm-hmm. That's always been my comp for anything that is trying to fill the void or change the conversation. Is that when I go for a... a Cereal, I reach for oatmeal. When I go for coffee or coffee creamer, that's like cashew milk or almond milk, whatever we have. Sometimes it's soy milk. I have 
real milk and I'm not lactose intolerant. If I am, it doesn't fucking, I'm now changing my ways. But there's like four or five different options in my fridge and I choose it not because, honestly, of ethical reasons. I'm doing it for pure deliciousness for me. Mm-hmm. Now, my question to, to both of you, is that the future for everything? I think if it's going to be widely adopted, yeah, and it has to have a net benefit. If it's exactly the same, I don't think you get people to, to switch. It's, it's too ingrained in our culture and our upbringing and just the way of life. I think it's got to have a net benefit. It's got to either be you know, better to cook with, have certain features that are better, better nutrition. In some ways, it has to be better. Yeah, I think what you're saying is you're not going to convince people to make a change to go backwards. You can't tell people, hey, live a little worse. To to sacrifice. To make a sacrifice. You can't convince people. Let me take that back. You can convince a minority of people to make a sacrifice. And they exist, and they are noble for for what they do. They make sacrifices that they knowingly eat something less. They're they're vegetarian. They're vegan. Whatever. But most people you're not going to convince to go backwards. So... I think what you're saying with the older version of soy milk, which is always masking the flavor of soybeans with vanilla and and whatever, was you're trying to approximate carrageenan. The real, you yeah, gotta put carrageenan. You gotta in there. put carrageenan in there, otherwise it doesn't have the texture of milk. Whatever, whatever. I think what you're saying is trying to get people to eat an alternative thing that is a worse version of something they already like is not going to work. And I think part of that was the, the 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 story, right? It was less about you got to you got to do this to save the fucking planet. You got to do this cuz it's this this and this. You got to do this because you're vegan. Mm-hmm. It stopped. It literally stopped being that marketing. Yeah. And it was a slow trickle of try this. Mm-hmm. I like this better. I like yeah. this better. This is something else. It's easier. It's faster. And, and right. you know, we're talking about yeah. this, and, you know, and I wanted Tyler here anyway, just because like, it, 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 mainly because of not just media, and I'll talk about that, but his stance on meat in general. We've talked about this. We've done TV shows about this, whether it's Ugly Delicious Steak episode or Next Thing You Eat, <clears throat> um, where we're going with food. And, you know, we, we help launch Impossible. I'm still an investor in Impossible. And I do think we need a whole... Multiple, multiple, multitude of choices, mm-hmm. and I never like beyond, but whatever that. But but part of what I had a problem with in general with that first version, it's not the first version. The real first version is tofu, tempeh, and then you had like Boca burgers and all this other stuff that was mimicking meat. But when the 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 meat alternatives came on board, it was in retrospect, which I think was problematic. Five six years later. You got to change this now because if you don't, you're a fucking terrible person. Mm-hmm. Basically, I mean, I, I know that's hyper, hyperbole, but that was the message. And it was no, um, no time to accept it. And to me, it ran parallel to, you know, that those soy milk days, those very, very early soy milk days. And I, I think, and again, full transparency, I've, I'm an investor and I'm an advisor and I help out as much as I can to Meaty. Originally, I didn't until I actually got to talk to Tyler because who he is as a person started to fuck me up. Mm-hmm. It was the opposite of that first wave of stuff, which was necessary because the thing that still fucks with me in a positive way is he's not telling me to eat Meaty. He's telling me 
because one of the things that he's not just an environmental engineer, I think he's someone that is a steward or custodian of the land. Right. And some of the things he's not saying, this fucking guy was a goddamn mountain ranger. <laughs> well, so, you know, he, 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 he fought fires. He legitimately cares. You don't spend all of this time. You know, you don't become a marine biologist if you fucking hate the ocean. <laughs> you know what I mean? Again, just like I was saying earlier, some marine biologist maybe is trying to study them to destroy evil, the ocean. <laughs> evil conspiracy. So, so that was why I, I wanted to bring Tyler on board, not just to talk about media, but as a conversation, very similar to having, you know, the poo-poo doctor that came up, right? The sewage doctor. <laughs> It's a lot of inside joke. All right, so no, it's not inside joke. <laughs> no, we had a poo poo doctor. We had a sewage PhD uh, in sewage. So let's let's start here. Then we should have done this from the very top. But obviously, Tyler, you're not a vegetarian. We just talked about your love for hunting, elk, chili, all of this stuff. What has your what has been your your lifelong relationship to meat? I mean, so um, I mean, a lot of it uh, in Montana, it's it's meat and potatoes, right? If you don't have meat on your plate, you're like, where's the food, right? I mean, it is ingrained into the culture. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, in, it's in every dish, right? And then, so that's from a culinary cultural perspective. Montreal steak season. Montreal steak season on everything. <laughs> and then my, uh, my folks run a grass-fed bison operation as well. So, you know, not only the hunting, but the raising, I mean, protein production and meat production is definitely, you know, is in the family, in the blood. And his family's like Yellowstone shit. They go back generations, generations to America. And I think when I say steward of the land, that's what I think Tyler is. He's someone that cares about the environment. I mean, I know that sounds redundant and asinine, but I don't think that can like escape people because it's not lip service. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I think what you were talking about, when we, as we were, we've been talking, Tyler, I think one interesting thing that emerged for me is. I, I'm a I'm a coastal city boy, you know. Like coastal, I have coastal elite, coastal elite, you know. Like I don't, I didn't grow up around animals. Obviously, like working in food as much as I have, I've meat comes from the grocery store. I've been to yes, yes, and, you know. I've been to there's a plastic wrap tree. I've been to <laughs> slaughters and I've I've seen all of it. I've broken down animals, but in general, I'm not close to it, and I'm not close to the people who raise meat or hunt meat. And a couple of things from talking to you and from talking to other people, there's a perception. I will cop to in the back of my mind of what a hunter and what a rancher is. And I think in the back of my mind, I think of commercial ranchers as the enemy. They don't want to do it right. They don't, they're, they want feedlots. They want to maximize everything by growing as many cattle as they can, as small as a space as they can. And, and just trying to make, make their money that way. Hunters. I have a similar perception in the back of my head. This, these things have gone away, but only as a factor of talking to you, you know, hunters are just, bloodthirsty they just kill for sport they don't care about nature they they don't care about nature mm -hmm. right nature is a, a playground for them you've disabused me of both of these notions as of other people can you do a little bit of that when you hear me say those things do those ring familiar to you as perceptions of of ranchers and and hunters yeah absolutely i mean you have the you know sort of the when you, i think when you when you bring up the notion of hunting, you think of like the redneck shooting out of the truck, like, you know, just for, just for the pleasure of it, not mm -hmm. the conservationist. But I think as you what get What is a conservationist hunter? What does that mean? I think that those are, I mean, protecting and preserving the natural world. Can, can I give you a comp and knowing hunters, and I'm weirdly 
I guess because growing up in Virginia and just in general, a lot of my friends, they're all conservationists. They care so much about it. And it seems counterintuitive. They're killing the things. But I think as a chef, what chef do you know that really is good, that doesn't give a fuck about farming, the environment, and the terroir, and all of that stuff? It's very similar. It's a, it's a whole ecosystem. So if you're doing it, you can still care because it's part of the whole process, right? Yeah, and the same with the, the rancher, too. I mean, the rancher is tied to the health of the land, right? They're, they will Their existence is solely um, only if you have good good quality land, right? They're just pressured by... Um, commodity prices and the processors and the system to try to extract as much as they possibly can. But if you were to, you know, talk to any, you know, any good quality rancher, they understand what it takes to actually be stewards of the land and how how important that is. So, what do you? Where? Where? Where is your role? What are you trying to do with your PhD in environmental engineering? Your desire to to make change in that system. Ideally, what what Meaty can do in, 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 in products like Meaty is you can take the pressure off of commodity prices. Uh, it's not a, some evil conspiracy that um, you know we're trying that farmers and ranchers are again are trying to extract the land that they're trying to pollute the waters. It's the pressure of the system to make it cheap, so that you can have it in every you know grocery store, every basketball game, uh, and, and it can be affordable. What I would like to see with media and other diversity, diversifying the, our, our meat options is to, you know, is to take that pressure away. So that way farmers and ranchers can do what they're actually really good at. And that is proper animal husbandry that's working on the land, doing grass, uh, grass-fed operations, employing regenerative practices to actually restore the land. And then you just eat less of it. You, you celebrate when you, you know, your birthday or on the weekends and you want to celebrate, you pay more and you get a really good quality animal-based meat. And then all the food in between is products like meaty. Um, and, and this is stuff that we've, again, done a lot of research, Chris and I. Uh, and my personal belief, and people can disagree, and I know maybe even people that I'm friends with disagree, that the first gen whether it was Boca stuff or, you know, impossible beyond, they're not going anywhere. The, the distant future is coming. It's actually here or there. And I know that I would love to, you know, Tyler doesn't have to talk about his thoughts. There's issues with scaffolding and scale and all of these things. And this is a whole nother subject with self-cultivated means. But I personally think that that has to happen regardless. But we're, it's, it's a lot of theory right now and it can happen, but it's just extremely expensive for it to happen. Like crazy, I'm crazy, crazy. I don't even want to explain the numbers. But I think given time, that will happen. But between, you know, the first gen and wherever we, whenever it is there down that road, that futuristic future, there has to be an in-between. And there's two things that can, can happen. If we want to be better custodians, right, and not just care about it when it's convenient, there's going to be efficiencies that happen, right? Most of the food, starting with food waste, right? Like half the food that gets produced gets thrown away. So like there's going to be things, whether it's logistics or things that extend the shelf life, whatever it may be, that's happening. I know this is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, like Acres investing in a lot of this stuff. And I, that's why I'm like, oh my God, there is so much here that you can actually not fuck with anything, but just make things way more efficient and less spoilage, just more frugal. The other end, is something like meaty, right? And I'm sure there's a whole host of other things too. I don't know what those are, 
but they're not meat alternatives per se. They're like an in-between between the first gen, the fucking distant future. And I that's where I thought it was super interesting what he was doing. And going back to what fucked me up was he hunts, he comes from a family of bison ranchers. And he's not saying, don't eat meat. He's simply saying, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't even know how to speak. I'll shut the fuck up and let him speak. Eat meaty, per se. I think you'd be great. Just eat less of the shit meat. Hmm. So how do you define yeah. shit meat, which is commodity, which most people, you know, eat? People that can't afford the, Everyone would want to eat the best meat. What's the best meat? That's grass-fed, regenerative practices. And what's re- regenerative? That is where you're... The, the practices of animal husbandry is actually providing um, benefits back to the land. And so if you, I think a good example of that is the reason why I like bison so much is the grasslands of, of North America and bison evolved together. They, they couldn't exist without each other and they, they, they was mutually beneficial. You had to have both in existence in order for it to be healthy. There are ways to raise animals uh, for meat production that actually adds benefit back to the land. Now, those are more energy or resource intensive as far as, you know, labor and more expensive, but you can't, you can have a mutual, um, benefit to the land and to the, and to production. That's the good meat. That's the good meat. And the bad meat is the extremely detrimental feedlot meat. Industrial, you know, extractive methods that have a net negative effect. So, just tying this all together, I mean, uh, what, what you're saying, Dave, is at the beginning of the alternative meat, alternative milk movement industry, it was a lot of finger wagging. The reason why you should have this is because if you don't, you're burning the earth to the ground. You're bad. And, and it was also virtue signaling by vegans. Yes. You know, it was much more of a vegan play. Yeah. It was a vegan play. It was you need to make a full change to this thing. You need, we need to change everything right now to this better way. And this, to me, has always been the difficulty of, of in modern environmentalism is we have tried to convince people to address climate change by scaring them, by saying, there's a polar bear on an ice flow in the ocean. Are you going to do something about this? Are you going to keep driving today? Are you going to, are you going to kill this bear, this poor innocent polar bear today, or are you going to drink soy milk? And it has had a very very low success rate. Yelling at people and scaring them, especially in today's society where Ching, you and I were talking about this yesterday. I can just turn that off. I can just go look at something else. I can look at somebody else who says the polar bears are fine, and in fact they're happier than they've ever been. I can find a source that tells me that all polar bears are chill. There's no problem. That's just not going to work. And so I think what you were driving at with what, Tyler, you're, you're advocating for is, is I'm not asking you to make your life worse. I'm not asking you to do something you don't want to do. I'm trying to provide you with an alternative that you will like that will, that will help. Something to add to your life. We, we changed this yesterday. It's not an alternative. It's, it's an additive. Something else. <laughs> something new. Yep. And when we started you know, our climate nonprofit, it was how do we show how this is beneficial. And we talked about this on the show. Organic agriculture took off because you could point to it and say, that tastes better. You know, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a positive alternative. Your life can be improved by this thing. And so I, I think that the, the, 
world you're outlining here is one in which we're not shaming people, scaring people, making them anxious and trying to sh- and, and, and finger wag them into making a change. It's something else. Is that right? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's been, I mean, I've been studying the the field of sustainability for, for a long time. I'm, um, you know, as you mentioned, I mean, I've really dedicated my life to this, this topic and trying to understand, you know, how do you actually create, you know, positive change? And it's not through uh, taking things away, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to have someone, everybody likes to take a warm shower, right? I mean, it just feels good. The, the way, you know, so you have two different ways to go about it. You can say, it's, you know, stop, take less warm showers, or you can implement technologies that make it, you know, net water neutral, um, uh, using renewable energy, and no, that person, you know, doesn't know the difference. You know, that's truly how you'll create positive change. You're not going to get people to stop doing the things that are enjoyable. You know, I think maybe a nice comp, even though he's doing a lot of crazy things, and is what happened with Tesla. Mm-hmm. People buy Tesla not yeah. because they care about the environment. I, I would assume they. They're getting it because it's a fast car. It's got whatever, whatever, auto, whatever. Whatever it is, it's just a fucking good car. They made a very advanced car, and that's why most people probably are buying it, I would assume. Some people were buying it for environmental reasons, but most people are like, okay. It's just, fast. It's fast. I, or, it, you know, I don't have to fucking put gas in. Great. I don't have to put gas in is very different than uh, I'm really against uh, petrol and all this fucking nonsense that it's with. Mm-hmm. And... So this is, I don't remember, 2019, I, the early days of meaty, I was sent a sample and I fucking hated it. Mm-hmm. Didn't taste good. I never thought about it again. And then Nick of Sweetgreen, our, our, our friend, was like, hey, dude, I know you tried it. You got to try this now. And I tasted it again and it was so much better. It's gotten infinite, what feels like infinitely better from two and a half, three years ago. So, but that delta between tasting it and not giving a shit about it, and that was enough for me to be like, okay, I have to try to talk to, I don't even know who's, you know, Tyler, and see what this is all about. It, it was such a huge change. And then it was like, holy shit, talking to him, when I say fucked me up, because it, for the same reason when we made the assumption that he was just this white dude eating white dude shit. Hot dogs and... <laughs> You know, we nailed a couple of those things. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not take away all our credit. We did. Right. Okay. It challenged my assumption because I thought he was going to say, the world is ending. If we don't change this fucking now, we're, it's all fucking over. Mushroom you know? root forever. Ever eliminate well, not even mushroom. Forever. He's like, what? You know, we got to end this and do this. And the finger wagging. I, that's what I expected. What I didn't expect was American pragmatism. Mm-hmm. What, what I didn't expect was, hey, I don't, I, I'm not saying give up meat. In fact, I want you to never give up meat. I was like, huh, what are you talking about? That contradiction, that paradox, I'm drawn to paradox. I know a lot of people probably are not, but that caused me to really dive deeper and to appreciate this philosophy and the stance. And I think that's why it's this middle way, right? It's this not medias, but a real middle way where Tyler told me something and I was like, oh shit, I wonder, this is, this is where I'm like, I'm sure marketing people probably would not want this to be said, but it's the honesty where he's like, I don't want to eat media every day. I was like, huh? Hmm. Every other fucking founder of this kind of stuff would say, you got to eat our product every day and this is it. 
Saving the world is by eating this. Do you do you want to eat meaty every day? I think it's. I mean, it's healthy if, enough that you could eat it every day, unlike most other types of meat. Do you eat meaty but every day? I don't meal. eat it every day. I throw it into my repertoire, right? It's it's a one, uh, two meals a week, and that's all you're really asking for. And if you do that across, you know, um, United States, massive. What massive is, what is that? What is that? If if it's one day a week, one me- just meal a week, where People are not buying commodity protein. Mm-hmm. Like, how does that? What is the aggregate effect? Yeah, you know, I don't know the offhand what the the net benefit would be, but it, if we were to do, you know, um, I mean, right now our our sort of life cycle assessment of 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 our production versus beef in, in particular is like ninety eight percent less land, water, uh, and greenhouse gas emissions. In the factory where they do the fermentation process for the mushroom root mycelium, you guys, instead of talking about liters, you compare it to cows, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. That fucked me up too, because what really got me to think more about meaty was I finally looked at the nutrition label. I was like, oh my God, there's like nothing. It could be just one ingredient, two ingredients, just water and mycelium. That's it. I didn't know anything about mycelium. I still know very little about mycelium, all right? What I do know, it's not a fucking zombie apocalypse, right? And I was like, huh, this is an interesting way to think about it. I mean, I, you know, just recently I brought my folks out to come uh, uh, tour the, the Mega Ranch. And just instantly they're like, yep, this is the future. I mean, they how difficult it is for them to be able to raise and process bison. It takes three years. Before it's ready, all that uh, all that work, all the, the the toughness on the land, on equipment, on their bodies, and then they come in. We're like, yeah, we can grow you know five cows every day from one of these things. It's clean, uh, it's easy, it's high paying jobs. They're they're just like that's. I mean, it's a, it's a no brainer. Do I drink oat milk every time I try to reach for dairy? No, it's like, and I was like, oh, I treat it once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. Maybe once a day if I'm having a coffee and it's not black. Like, that is a very different proposition for people to think about. Yeah. You know, um, and it's a, it's a weirdly honest take. I, I, I don't even know how to express that more clearly because it, it's hard for me to fathom in this day and age where people are like, you got to do this. Right. Where he's like, no, don't do that. Just stop doing this a little bit. What? How much? How much meat does America consume a year? I know we produce somewhere around a hundred billion pounds of okay. just chicken and beef. So if we not including sand, like farm raised sand or be, or pork. So let's say let's say we live in this this utopian version where one day a week everybody eats an alternative of some sort, meaty or whatever it may be, and you reduce meat consumption by one seventh basically that's 14 billion pounds less meat a year right like that's what you're talking about we were never going to go from a hundred billion pounds to zero and and this is where this is where it is imperative currently there's not enough protein for china there's not enough protein in most of asia most like i can't remember the percentage but there's like 30 
30%-ish is uh, food insecurity globally or something like that. Something ridiculous. 2050 is the magic number. We talk about it in that Hulu show. There's not enough protein units per person on this planet globally. We have to. It's not, here's the thing. Even if you don't want to, we have to start to embrace these things. Something that I care a lot more. We, we all have kids and it's like, okay, what does it have to take? And I, I am, I really think that this is the way, right? It is treating it like another alternative in my life where I don't feel bad. I'm, I'm, you know, he brought me some, brought us bison. I cooked, I cooked it all off last, not all, but it's great. I have it in my bag. I was, if I wanted to eat lunch, it's great. And I didn't even know that it has all this omega three stuff. Mm-hmm. Guess what? It's going to be more expensive. It's all these things, but we all know that you can't eat as much meat as we used to. I particularly now, now I'm turned 46, have to cut back. And when I do, I want it to be celebratory. This is no different than talking about the wheel of constraint, stuff like that. Like I have to. And now this philosophy has to be embraced. It has to start with us. I just wonder, is that going to be effective enough for everybody else? Well, is everybody going to adopt it? You're not going to get a hundred percent adoption rate, but I think your success rate is going to be higher if you're not. I mean, I mean the, the, the Tesla example is great. The Tesla example is great because you gave people this product that they like and millions and millions and millions of people, it became the biggest company in the world, right? Like, like Elon was the richest man in the world based entirely on people want this cool car. <laughs> the minute and I agree with the legislation. I think it's important. But the minute there was, you know, the legislation about electrifying cars and, and the tax and, credit and, 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 and all of this stuff, you had the yahoos in, is it your state? Which state is it that who were trying to pass the the anti-electric car laws? The minute you try no, to seen that. force people to do it and say, you have to do this, this is a state That's, that's some fake news shit, man. That's a real thing. Like, I'll, I'll find this. But the, the second you try to ask people to do it, they're going to reject it. But as, as soon as you give them an alternative they want, that's the, the, the moment I knew that media was going to be successful is we started working with a local like fried chicken sandwich, fast casual restaurant in Colorado called Bird Call. And you go in and you order the, um, you know, the, the, the chicken Bird Call sandwich and then the meaty. And you try them side by side. And you have a better experience with the meaty. And you know that it is extremely nutritious for you. So you're not compromising. You're actually getting something that is better for you, but it's still in a really enjoyable. When you talk about better, can you go into this? Stopped me dead in my tracks when I looked at the nutrition, and uh, and then I think after we have to get in a brief brief introduction to mycelium itself. But Needy's nutrition, can you just explain what it is? It's arguably one of the most nutrient dense foods out there. So not only does it have all the the protein content you would find in, in beef. Uh, all your iron, your vitamin Bs, um, your zinc. These are these are nutrients that you primarily only get from animal-based products. And this is where if you're vegan or vegetarian, you usually have to supplement these core nutrients because you primarily get them from animals. So it has all that. Then a ton of other, then a ton of fiber and other vitamins and minerals you only get in plants in this hybrid sort of one product, uh, one meat product. And this comes from mycelium. Mycelium itself which is abundant in nature already, is, has always been this nutrient-dense superfood. This particular type of mycelium that we call mushroom root is super d- nutrient-dense. 
I mean, mushrooms, you know, are, are pretty good for you, right? They don't have a ton of, of protein in them, um, but it's not the mushroom cap itself, right? It's that root-like structure that's in the soil. And in nature, what it does is it, it, its ability to, you know, really, if you, if you look at soil, it's, it's almost like a desert. Um, and so, you know, mycelium has evolved this ability to absorb nutrients in a very nutrient-limited environment and be able to um, produce, you know, uh, very complex nutrition. And so we've just harnessed that. This particular type is a complete protein. So you only find that in milk and eggs, pretty rare to find and, and, and that uh, nutrient what's quality. A, what's a complete protein? So it has all the essential amino acids um, that is required for, we can, as humans, as mammals, we can produce some amino acids, but we can't produce them all. We have to consume some of them. So this has a complete array of, of, of amino acids. Yeah. So when you discovered this with Justin, your co-founder, and when when did when did you discover this in grad school? We well, it was after grad school. So we started working with mycelium as, as a as a platform. What if we can control this? If we can dictate both the physical properties and the chemical properties, we could produce a, a variety of different things. And it's really cool now to see people are making leather out of it and insulation and all kinds of cool stuff. We started at the time, no one else had been been doing this sort of thing. So we had started playing with it at, at a really a fundamental level and figuring out how do you control this. Then as we were looking, you know, the the goal, the bar was global change, positive change globally. Um, all right, how can we do that? Obviously, the food sector is a great way to create positive change, not only for people through nutrition, but environmentally and sustainability as well. And so we started focusing on that. To be honest, we were a little bit surprised when we started doing the um, uh, doing the nutritional tests and how nutritious this was. And then we started figuring out actually how you grow it because we grow the mycelium in-house. You can get it to change. So one of the things we've done recently is, um, you know, in, in Colorado, you don't get a lot of sun. Um, most people in Colorado uh, are vitamin D deficient. We figured out a way for it naturally to produce vitamin D. Uh, we, we found out that it didn't have the same iron content as beef and we wanted people to, you know, really not have an excuse. So while how we grew it, we could figure out how to actually to uptake more iron and have naturally available iron. So it's pretty cool. The fact that, uh, you know, we can actually dictate that nutritional quality during the cultivation phase. And you're really going to look us in the eye and say this it never occurred to you how you might use this to be a supervillain. <laughs> this never, no thoughts <laughs> of evil ever crossed your mind. Maybe once. Fine. <laughs> no, I, I mean, seeing the whole thing, understanding a lot more of the science, and um, it just so happened chance that, you know, uh, I also watched the show, The Last of Us, but I, I, I don't want mushrooms to get, mushrooms to get a bad rap, but it's just a fucking movie, you know? There's things that happen in movies and TV that nobody tries to sort of write clickbaity shit in real life. And also, Mycelium was also in a Star Trek it's like the new warp drive. So why aren't they writing about that? Why aren't they writing about the fact that on TV, people have figured out how to travel faster than light mm-hmm. through mycelium? It's the same logic. Well, then using that logic, how come every waiter in the world, does every waiter and service person in the world live in a 3,000 square foot apartment in New York City? <laughs> Who are you thinking about? Does... Every time I dream, does Freddy Krueger actually kill people? People did stop dreaming after that. Well, fear. those those headlines are ridiculous. 
So, <laughs> yeah. And let's not forget about the fantastic fungi, right? That After that came out, I think mycelium really got its day. And then we started talking about uh, the way mycelium connects all the trees together. Um, there's, there's so many more positive things I think we could point to of why this is such a, such a magical and beneficial. So it, that, that, that to me is the compromise, right? You have a legitimate superfood that is magical, not like acai bullshit, but real, you know? Although I'm sure they could make it taste like a blueberry milkshake, uh, which is what an acai bowl is. Um, I mean, you know, going back to the chicken nugget, you know, if you make this out of meat, if you make a chicken nugget out of meat, it's like eating a salad. You know, so now, so now you take something that you just well, highlighted. You mean in terms of its nutritional value. Yeah. And, and, and That's how I already tell myself that anyway when I eat a chicken nugget. <laughs> this is a salad. <laughs> I'm eating a salad. But you know, or like that, that chicken sandwich that we just mentioned. I mean, there's nothing really, you know, fried chicken sandwich, not really that good for you. But what if it all, what if it was? What if it was like sitting down and eating a salad? Well, That's what media has to offer. So I don't have to tell myself that when I eat a salad, the salad always has chicken tenders on it. (laughs) I can just have chicken tenders on the salad, but the chicken tenders made out of mycelium and I don't have to tell myself that this is a salad. It's legitimately just Basically, you don't have to eat the salad to hide the fact that you want to eat chicken nuggets. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that's, this is like Dave said, I I think I've struggled with this in our our place in, in making these changes happen. And I'm like everybody else. Like, I don't, I don't want to go I don't want to eat the salad. I just don't want to eat the salad. But if there's something else I can eat that's going to have the same effect, that's not going to make me feel like I'm making some grand sacrifice, then that's what we're, we're trying to do at home for sure. That's that's absolutely what we're trying to do. And I said to you yesterday as we were sitting down and, and Chang was feeding us, you know, I, I've taken stock of my eating habits over the course of 40 years of life. And I have meat at 99% of all meals if not more, probably 10 meals a year, I don't have some kind of meat in it. And I think like that part has to change. <laughs> and I can still have the satisfaction of the texture and the fat and the flavor. And you don't have to drink something like Soylent. And I don't have to drink Soylent, then I'm in. Because I have, because we have to, you're right, you have to. You have to and you want to. You know, <laughs> I was still hoping, and I still hope that Meaty does this. Man, their marketing people are going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? Where are you going? No, but this was actually discussed, and I loved it. And I still love the idea that they sell bison, <laughs> too, for your parents' farm. You know, talk about a head scratcher. I think that is as powerful of a statement as humanly possible. Why is that a – not to, the, the marketing people are not here to defend themselves, but I think that the vision you laid out, Tyler, of what you see as the utopian version of this, eat meat, good meat. And fill in the rest with satisfying other alternatives, whether it's media or anything else. If that's the vision, if the idea is this pragmatic approach to making good, celebrating good meat by giving people other things they can eat instead of bad meat, why not sell both? Why not say, eat meaty Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and hey, we have some really high quality meat for your Friday and Saturday barbecue. Like, I think that's a pretty... I'm sorry. I know the marketing person's out here and Tyler's in a weird position. No, if you look like up that. trying to buy bison or anything, like, any meat that's from like regenerative sources, it's hard to find and to verify in all of these things. It's hard to find quality, small produced food products anyway. If you wanted to buy good source, you know, salmon roe, it's fucking hard. Mm-hmm. 
These are things that are going to change. But I think what's, again, to me, and I haven't told this to anybody, I think the the ideas of regenerative farming for bison or other animals is actually in parallel to the, the, the philosophy of meat, which nobody would ever say for most other meat alternative things. I don't even view it anymore as meat alternative. It is just, this is the way. We want to eat better meat. We want to be better custodians. And in order to do so, to eat better meat, we need to eat less of it. It's yeah. not, fuck you, you motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is, I think that, to take it outside of the meaty world, I, I think that the the trajectory you're describing of, it started off as shaming and finger-wagging, and now it's evolving into sort of a more pragmatic and practical and realistic approach is where everything is going. You know, our friend Anthony Mint, who we, I started the carbon, uh, the, the climate nonprofit with, they have reshaped everything from, their whole business model has changed to this, which is, okay, people are going to eat meat. Let's just help, let's help farmers raise good meat then. If yeah. that's if that's all that's going to happen, then let's let's accept the reality and do what you're saying. Let's give people their hot showers, but let's make their hot showers less detrimental. So I'm going to speak from my perspective now. Now that I have to cut out, although I had some pork ribs because I kicked it for the family today, um, and I cooked off the bison as well. When I look at meats for my family, they love pork. The Koreans, both of my kids love pork belly. These are fucking delicious things. Uh, so if you eliminate pork, well, we could do that. All cuts of pork. That would be hard, but you could do that because then, okay, then we're going to just rely on more chicken. Well, that actually defeats the fucking purpose, right? Well, I'm going to eat more salmon. Guess what? There's only so much frozen sockeye salmon. Fuck coho salmon. Fuck sockeye salmon. King salmon, Chinook is the only salmon that counts in my book. And farm-raised salmon, I have some. Sometimes you just, you need it. It's garbage, but you have it, fine. What are your sources? When you go to the grocery store, what are legitimately your sources other than the prepackaged sausages, hot dogs, deli meats? You have pork chops, you got pork tenderloin, you got every part of the chicken, you got beef, you have some frozen fake game meat that's not really fucking game meat. So if I want to be more responsible, how and what do I fucking buy? Do I eat, okay, eat less chicken, then I eat more beef? Do I eat more turkey? You need to replace that with something, and people are not going to fucking eat tofu all the time. They're not going to eat, you know, pea protein bullshit all the time. So in a lot of ways, by becoming more responsible, unless you're going to get a straight vegan, and even then, the reason why I don't do vegan is like, I like the taste of fucking meat. It's delicious. So... I have to now do it. My family doesn't have to. I have to eat healthier and cleaner. Am I going to eat bison every fucking meal? No. Will I eat fish every meal? It's fucking hard to come by quality fish. No. Will I eat chicken sometimes? Yes, I will. I can't really eat pork, but when I do eat pork, it has to be really good and it's going to be celebratory. When I eat it, it's going to be fucking like super high quality. Mm. The beef as well. Like, okay. When I eat, it, you know, I, I do love corn-fed beef. It's the fucking best marling. I'm going to make sure it counts. When I eat a pork chop, I'll probably wait to go to Chispaca and get the fucking double-cut pork chop with the fennel. It's beautiful. So, like, instead of eating that three or four times a week or two weeks, I'm going to wait once every six months. It's a big difference. But I still need something to replace it that isn't bad. 
You know what I mean? That isn't bad for me. That actually has protein that I can make it taste good and also has all the nutrients that I need. And that's not a commercial. It's more of just talking about the problem. If you replace something because you can't eat it anymore, we're not even talking about the environmental issues. What the fuck do you replace it with? Yeah, I feel that. More pork equals more chicken. That was that was the challenge with going after burgers as well. You you know the the approach of saying okay, I'm going to save animals by producing burger burger substitute or burger alternative. You know, no one raises a cow to produce burger. That's almost like a, a waste product. You well, know, it's like they, you're saying your elk, the last thing that's left in your freezer is the burger. Is the burger. So if you really want to affect that category, you need whole cuts, right? Because the meat industry will just drive down the price until burger is like free. Because again, it's it's a it's a byproduct. They they, they produce cows for the ribeyes. That's where you're, you know, the, the whole cuts, the steaks. Is it delicious? <laughs> <laughs> I feel I feel you're saying though, Chang. It's the alternative. If the alternative is is worse, I'm not going to do just it. Just take a second at home and think about where is the protein coming into your household? Mm-hmm. What is the provenance? What is the quality? These are things I didn't give a fucking shit about at home. I cared about it in the restaurant. At home, I never really cared. But now I have kids. It's like, okay, what do you do? Now that I have, I'm taking fucking uh, Crestol and all this other shit for my fucking cholesterol and heart, it's like, okay. Like, I can't. I can't. I legitimately can't. Eating canned mackerel is not fucking what I want to do. I would rather eat fresh mackerel. I would eat mackerel every fucking day. I love it. I can eat salted mackerel, but again, like I can't eat that all the time. I need something else. Something like meaty might not be at every fucking time, but it gives me the option to fucking be like, okay, I know I can eat something delicious. I know it's not a fucking ribeye, dry age, 45 day dry age ribeye. Maybe one day soon and it will taste like that. And that's the difference. The cow's not going to get fucking better. So that's what I'm saying is just in general, where do you get your protein sources from? Because if you start to eliminate something, it's not like you're going to eliminate protein from your diet. It's got to come from somewhere. And fuck, I'm not going to eat quinoa <laughs> all the fucking time. I can't eat lentils. I can't eat lentils every fucking time. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I think that I need a celebration. <sighs> I got to eat so many fucking beans. I can make beans taste delicious, whether it's a chili or not. <laughs> but to make beans delicious defeats the purpose of making beans at all. For your health. (laughs) Delicious beans are not good for you. I feel if you make beans delicious, you made it unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Facts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Uh well, you know, we've been we've been eating media at home. I've been trying to make this change too. And I think, you know, Dave, we've been paying it a lot. For me, I've been paying it a little bit of lip service as terms in terms of media celebration. But I was sitting around the other day fantasizing about um, eating tonkatsu in Japan and thinking about, it's like you say, you always try to save your real yeah, sushi I, experiences I, I, for I'll Japan, right? rarely eat sushi in America. I was sitting there, I was driving somewhere and I was, I was fantasizing about just like a big, thick, beautifully marbled piece of pork that, you know, they're not just like pounding into a pie and frying, but like a beautiful pork with provenance and just like the flavor you get from that and thinking about how long it's been since I've eaten that and how I've just been fine eating C plus pork every single day. This and I was thinking, I'm bored of that. This ties into the wheel of constraint. I'd rather really not does. eat that and just save it up for that one spectacular, albeit expensive, piece of meat. 
that I'm that I will I will be thinking about for years. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy that we could just go down to, you know, any grocery store and just buy a ribeye. You could do that every single day if you wanted to. Some people do. And some people do. Don't just open up their chest freezer and there it is. Yeah. Steaks tonight. It's very different, though, when you talk to somebody that hunts for their food. It is a night and day difference. And when you sit down and you you have a steak that you literally, like, almost killed yourself for. You eat everything. I mean, you eat it all and you really... You know, you would, you really appreciate it. It's, a, it's an amazing feeling, and that's one guarantee that will never happen here. <laughs> Americans hunting their own food was just not happening. <laughs> Zero fucking chance. No, part of our heritage, though. Oh, not gonna happen, though. Anything you want to add, man? I mean, I, I, I appreciate you know um you guys bringing me on be able to talk about the the mission the why what we're trying to do i think it's super important to get that out there you know we're stay tuned you know media is 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 about to get out there in a big way let me me ask how fucking nervous are you about launching just in general i mean here you are a rancher a mountain ranger like a forest ranger extreme skier beer drinker (laughs) just a dude and I'm shitting my pants. Yeah. Now you, yeah. you know, you got, you have real investment and a giant target on your back. That's really it. It's got to um, be the shittiest feeling in the world. <laughs> it is. It is an amazing. Is an amazing moment to have worked for so long and so hard, and now you're about to put something out into the world that is that is packaged that people are going to consume. They're going to enjoy. They're going to buy. I mean, we've been talking about this for years, and now it's a reality. So that's in one regard, it's extremely exciting. In the other regard, I'm, yeah, I'm shitting my pants. I'm super nervous. I mean, now it's like you know, everybody's looking at your baby, and they're gonna tell you either they love it or they think it's ugly or they hate it. Um, it's, it's got it's, personality. <laughs> it's interesting. I feel you, but I. I Maybe it's maybe it's not in the Asian culture. There's not really a presentation of the baby for people to <laughs> determine whether it's ugly or pretty. I don't know. That's not a thing. But I feel you. I mean, I I can't imagine the pressure you're under. Um, well, I think you do know as a chef, right? I mean, every time you put together a beautiful dish and then you give it to someone, and what? How many? You know, half of them love it, and then some are like, yeah, no. Opening up restaurants and the expectation it sucks, and that's what I'm telling you. It's a shit feeling. It's fucking garbage, and it's intensely lonely. And everybody that's trying to help or everyone has their own expectations of you. And, you know, I, I, I think there's a lot of Marshall Goldsmith uh, sayings, like everything that got you to this point may actually, if you continue using those as principles, as a, a guiding sort of decision-making system, those things that were very, very successful for you to get here, those very things may now be the reason why you're not successful. And being able to change your sort of decision-making on the fly in this moment, that's shit that chefs have to do or every entrepreneur, but you're doing it at a level that is like pretty fucking crazy. So yeah, I mean, if you've listened to this and you don't give a shit about anything that we said, totally understand. I'm fine. I don't give a fuck. But at this one level, if you've ever started an endeavor and you've been an entrepreneur, then think about this. You're trying to do something that, is actually a lifelong passion and philosophy. And you're finally letting the world see it. 
and all the criticism that's going to come with it, because you do know there's going to be criticisms coming with it. The I think, food system does not want us, you know, they don't, they want diversification, right? They like status quo. To add something new is, is a threat. So not only do we have, so I, you know, not only is it challenging to get, to, you know, do what we're doing, I think we're working in a system that doesn't want us to be successful. I can imagine a few people, <laughs> a few, <laughs> few groups. You might have something to say. Um, and I, I think it's also going to rub people the wrong way that are trying to make just alternatives in general, because you're not saying become a vegan. That's a complicated message. <laughs> we definitely don't want to, I mean, vegan vegetarianism, like all, all about it. if that's what you're into and that's what's important to you, then we want to support that. And we're now we're actually providing an option where you can diversify your protein sources as a vegan and vegetarian. So there's no doubt we're going to really benefit that demographic. And we don't, we want, we don't want, we want to make sure we don't alienate um, them as well. So don't get me wrong, but to really have the impact that we want to have, you got to convert meat eaters. You need them to do it once a week, once every couple of weeks. Well, once every couple of weeks to start for, for me, maybe slowly more when I realize that I can eat bison every meal and <laughs> salmon every meal or canned mackerel every meal. God damn it. I want that grass fed. I want that corn fed ribeye. So you can bad. have one every once in a while. Every once in a while. But I want that shit all the time. <laughs> Once in a while, it'll taste better. It'll taste better. Um, anyway, Tyler, we'll, we'll let you go, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. And uh, yeah, look out Thank for meaty. Yeah, thanks. It was fun. Thank you to the potfather himself, Bill Simmons. Thank you to Tyler Huggins and uh, the whole team at Meaty for joining us. Um, you may see him on uh, the major demo uh, LG uh, show, which I don't really want to talk about that episode too much because I really fucked that all up. I've been messing up a lot. Cooking this way is not easy. Anyway, um, give us five stars, six stars, ten stars, however you want to vote for this and uh, sign up for Discord uh, at majordemomedia.com. Thank you. <laughs>